everybody i am cassidy and i am in a silly goofy mood right now i don't really know why i think it's just because i'm sitting in the sun and i'm drinking water and yeah i think i think it's the water guys um anyway so welcome to my podcast i'm cassidy and if you're new this is oh shoot where we talk all about photography literally anything that has to do with photography we are here and we're talking about it so I'm so glad that you're listening and thank you guys so much for supporting this podcast. If you don't already, make sure you go and follow me on Instagram and on TikTok. That is where I post a lot of what's going on in my life and um, I post a lot of tips and just a lot of good stuff on there, guys. I mean, come on. It's Instagram. It's TikTok. Um, I'm a big fan of TikTok. I'm trying to work a little bit harder on being consistent on my TikTok, but yeah, TikTok is a good place to be and go ahead and give me a follow at Cassidy Lynn photo. So today's episode is something that I think is really important because I am very much, um, a learner when I see someone's entire process. So I learn through the process and, um, I like to know like every single step that someone takes, Um, so specifically for this episode, I'm going to talk through my shooting process. And I guess like if you were to book a session with me, what would that look like? Um, and this is just, you know, from the photographer's perspective, and I hope that this is going to help you because when it comes to running a business and, um, going through a session and providing creativity as your service, um, it can be tricky to actually create some sort of process for what you deliver. Um, so yeah, obviously this process is my own personal process. So what works for me might not work for you, but hopefully you can get some, um, different strategies and tactics out of my process that you can use and you can apply to your shooting process as well. So let's jump into it. So I do want to focus primarily on what a session looks like and a little bit of the before. So I'm not going to talk so much about, um, my client onboarding process. Cause I feel like that could be another episode. I want to talk about what it looks like when I'm shooting and what goes into all of that. So the first thing for my shooting process is prep work. So before I even get into the actual session, I want to talk about a little bit of the prep work that goes into shooting and creating beautiful images. So the first thing that I prep is what location that I'm going to shoot at and what lighting is going to be present at that location at the time that I've scheduled the session. So if you work with a lot of golden hour photos and that's a lot of your portfolio, it's going to be important to make sure your client schedules their session, you know, 7 PM or later or whatever time sunset is for you or for sunrise too. So, you know, 7 AM or later or earlier. Oh, well. Um, so timing is really important when it comes to a session. So I really intentionally try to find locations that have 
really awesome lighting for the time that I want to shoot at. Obviously, everyone loves golden hour. So I, I try to schedule most of my sessions during golden hour. But if someone wants to schedule a session for like 2 p.m., I'm going to try to find a place that has really awesome shade. And, um, you know, at 2 p.m., there's still going to be great options for my clients to get good photos. So location and lighting, that's really, really important. And that prep work kind of just comes with shooting a lot and getting to know your area. I have a list of locations that I'll send my clients and I'll tell them like this location is good for sunset. This location is good for sunrise. This location is good for the middle of the day. Um, and based on that, they will choose what locations they like and what time they want to start their session. So after I do all of that and I figure out my locations and my lighting and I say locations, because I do provide two locations with each of my sessions. Um, so before I even jump into anything else, my sessions usually include two locations, two outfits, um, you know, a certain amount of images, online gallery, full resolution downloads. And then I tell them that they're going to get up to one and a half hours of shooting, but I really never follow that timeline. Um, it's either less or more depending on if we have to drive or something like that in between locations. So yeah, that's what's included in my sessions. Um, after I pick the location and the lighting for my session, and based on that vibe, I will go on Pinterest and I'll do some inspo searching. Um, and this is not me like going and copying other people's work, but you know, if I'm shooting an engagement session in the forest, I'm gonna go on Pinterest and just look up forest engagement photos. Um, or like forest engagement, anything like that, because I want to just see like, okay, what's the vibe going to be? And I want to mentally prepare myself for how the photos are going to turn out. And then let's say my next location is the beach. I'm then going to do, go into Pinterest, search beach engagement photos, and just kind of get a vibe for, um, different ideas for poses and lighting. And yeah, it just, for some reason, this really helps me prep and I feel more prepared when I've gone on Pinterest and just started the creative process of brainstorming how I want to execute the session. So Pinterest for me has been like a really good tool for the prep work before I go to a session. Um, it's, you know, it's just a part of the process and here we are. So Pinterest, that's awesome. We do that. After that, I get to know my couple slash creep on them on social media. I think I mostly mean creep on them on social media. Um, I do send questionnaires to couples, um, you know, and not just couples, it can be whoever. Um, and I think it's just important to get to know the people that you're going to shoot. So in my initial inquiry form, I ask for their social media handles and I typically will go and creep on their social media. I'll see, um, you know, just kind of look around to see what they've posted it's actually funny because when I do this, I find that I learn a lot about how people prefer to be photographed. Um, and obviously I have my own style of posing and different stuff like that. But um, like I did this once and I noticed that my client never showed their teeth when they smiled. Um, and that's just like a personal preference thing. So when they showed up to the session, they told me like, hey, I prefer not to smile with my teeth. Um, and I actually ended up knowing that already because I did my I did my due diligence and I creeped on their social media and I just, I wanted to see what they were like and how comfortable they were getting their photo taken basically. 
And going along with social media, you can also use this as a way to spark conversation throughout the session. So finding out what they like to do, maybe what their hobbies are, where they like to go, um, anything like that is going to be helpful just to keep the conversation go going during your session. And as we'll get to later on, um, that aspect of talking to your clients during their session is going to be huge for making them feel comfortable. Um, the last thing that I'm going to do before I head off to my session is I'm going to get my gear ready. You know, I mean, it's pretty, pretty self-explanatory, but I'm going to go and I'm going to grab two camera bodies. I'm grabbing two lenses, um, just have options. I'm going to grab two fully charged batteries, one obviously to put in my camera and then one just in case the other one doesn't work or didn't get charged. Um, and for just a normal session, I would only bring two batteries, but obviously for like a wedding, it would be different. Um, and then I'm bringing extra SD cards. I'm putting two SD cards in my camera and I'm bringing a few extras just in case something happens to those SD cards. And I do always bring my flash. I don't know why, but sometimes I just get this urge to use, I can't talk. Um, sometimes I just get this urge to use my flash and, um, it just comes out of nowhere. But if my couple or whoever I'm shooting is down for it, I'm going to use my flash. So that flash comes with me. Um, even though it might not get used, it might just be like a fun little carry on buddy. Um, but occasionally I'm going to use it. So just in case the flash is coming with me as well. So now that my gear is packed, I'm going to head to my shoot and I'm going to show up early. So I typically I'm saying typically because this isn't all the time but typically I'm showing up 20 minutes early I feel like 30 minutes is too much and it's like okay you don't need to be there 30 minutes early but 10 minutes is like okay you're pushing it you might not be able to do all the things you want to do so I found that like 20 minutes is a decent time to show up um and I find that most of the time my clients show up early as well. So when I'm showing up 20 minutes early, it's really only like 15 minutes early because my clients will come like five minutes before they're supposed to. So when I show up early, my intentions in doing this is to scout out the location that I'm shooting at. So even if you've shot there before, um, this concept is getting your locations in your head before you start shooting. And like, you can have like a general location. Like you can say like, Oh, we're meeting at this park, but this process of getting the locations in your head is getting the specific parts of the park that you want to go to. So you need the knowledge of knowing what areas of the park look good, um, with the lighting that currently is going on right now. Um, what areas of the park are more secluded? So they will be better for photos. There's not a million people around. Um, that's what I'm doing when I'm showing up early. If I've never shot at a location before, I usually will like go to the location before the session. So like a couple of days before, and I'll see if it's even like a good location to use. So before that location even like makes it on my list of suggested places, I'll go and I'll make sure that actually has good places to shoot at. Then when I'm showing up early, I'm walking around, I'm usually only trying to get like two or three different backdrops. So I offer my couples two locations, which is usually, you know, like the forest or the beach. So those are completely different changes in locations, but then changes of scenery within the location, I try to do around 
two or three just to add variation within that one location itself. And as I'm walking around, I try to be very aware of the lighting. So I just want to be conscious of if I put my couple here, is the lighting going to look good for them? Um, you know, just keeping that in mind as I'm walking around. Um, you also want to keep in mind the mobility of the area. Um, it's, it's an interesting thing to think about, but if you want to shoot on top of a hill, um, it might not be the best idea to have your couple like pick each other up and like run around because they could fall off the hill, um, you know, or through, um, beach grass for me. Um, I run into this problem a lot with like beach or dune grass. If you live in Michigan, you know what, what I mean. Um, but dune grass, it like comes out of the sand and it's a really, really pokey. So if you step on it, it literally is like someone's like stabbing you in the foot. You're like stepping on a needle. It's horrible. Um, so I just try to be aware of like the different locations that I use, because if I'm having my couple stand in beach grass, I'm probably not going to have them run around because I don't want their feet getting hurt or anything like that. Like I know I wouldn't want to run around a beach grass. So my couple probably doesn't want to either. So after I've walked through my locations and I've scouted out my different changes of scenery, then I sit in my car and I wait for my client to show up. And sometimes I listen to a podcast and sometimes I listen to music, whatever. But then my client's going to show up and I try to tell them what car I'm going to be in and where I'm going to park in the parking lot. Because depending on where you're meeting, it can be bigger and it might be hard to find each other. This has happened to me multiple times. I actually, um, side note, I shot this hike and it was like a sunrise hike and we met at um, this really popular hiking trail hub. So it's like this gigantic parking lot where they have, um, you know, tons of trails coming off of this one lot. Um, and they're like the most popular trails in like all of upstate New York. So I was like, Oh, we'll meet at this parking lot. And it was 5am because it was a sunrise shoot. And we, I was trying to find them. I had no idea what they looked like, what car they drove. And it was a mess. I mean, the only reason I was able to find them was because I actually caught them coming in the front gate because I was about to like go walk and try to find service and call them. Um, and I ended up catching them at the front gate. So as a result of this horrible story, this horrible thing that's happened to me, um, I just try to tell my clients where they can find me and where we're going to meet just in case, or I'll give them my number um, just so they can call me when they get there. So all of that to say, your client shows up and right away, I'm going to get out of the car and talk with them without having my camera in sight. Um, this is also just like part of my process. Like I, this is just me. But the reason that I do that is because I feel like right away, if you're going to get out of the car and have your camera, it makes you feel less like a person and it makes you feel more like a service and like, oh, I'm here to take your pictures. I want them to feel like, hi, I'm a real person. I'm here obviously to take your photos, but I'm also here just to talk with you and get to know you and help capture your relationship or your personality the best that I can. And I think it's, it's a part of my brand, to be honest, like having this personal connection um, within my photos and capturing my clients' stories. That's a part of my brand. And I feel like I really do that through talking with them and just being personable with my clients. So that's why right when they show up, I'm going to get out of the car. I'm going to talk with them, but I'm not going to have my camera out yet. 
after I've talked with them for a few minutes, then I'm going to say like, Hey, let me show you where our first spot is going to be. Um, and I already have that spot in my head because I've walked around the location 20 minutes prior. So I'm going to take them to that first, um, change of scenery and, um, on the way I'm just, I'm still asking them questions about themselves. Um, I'm talking with them and, you know, maybe making some conversation around those things that I learned about them through their social media. Um, I'm just being a personable person and, um, yeah, just getting to know them a little bit on the way to our first spot, especially if it's like a far walk, if it's not, then maybe you don't have a ton of time to talk with them. Um, and the reason that I'm going to do this is just because I feel like people get more comfortable as they start to talk about themselves. Um, and I mean, personally, I know I love to talk about myself. So if someone's asking me tons of questions about myself, I'm like, heck yeah, I'm going to answer all your questions. And that's going to make me feel so much more comfortable because you, you care about me and you care about um, my job and like what's going on in my life and all that different stuff. So yeah, I just feel like it's a good way to make people comfortable. So once we get to the spot where we're going to start taking photos, I'm going to take about like one to two minutes to set up my gear. And I know earlier I said that I prepped my gear and I packed it all, but, um, this is me like putting my batteries in and putting my SD cards in and maybe switching my lens. Um, during this time though, I'm still talking to them, um, asking them questions about whatever. Um, but specifically I like to ask them at this point, like how they're feeling about getting their photos done. Most people are going to say, um, you know, we've never had photos done. We're a little nervous or like, Oh, we're really excited. We can't wait to see them. Um, I feel like there's a good mix of both, but for the most part, people will say like, Oh, we've never had photos done before. And we're a little nervous. We're really awkward. We don't know what to do. So, um, this is just a good time to kind of gauge where they're at as far as the photography process is concerned because the less comfortable they are in front of the camera, um, the more that you're going to have to work a little bit harder to make them more comfortable. So, um, it's just a good, a good gauge before you even start to figure out how you need to work with them and how they're feeling coming into it. So once I get their initial like gut reaction of how they feel about the session, um, it's going to be time to go. It's go time. Um, so I'm going to have them basically stand where I would have them stand for the first pose, but, um, I'm going to start by getting my camera settings, right? So, um, I always, am going to start with aperture, especially if I'm shooting outside. I try to keep my aperture anywhere from F 2.0 to F 2.2. Um, this is just my personal, you know, shooting preference, but, um, I start with that and then based on the lighting where I'm shooting, I'm going to set my ISO to what I think it needs to be at. Um, in my head, I kind of have um, certain ISO numbers that are associated with how bright the lighting is. So um, if you want me to explain that, I, I can in another episode. But um, So I'll set my ISO. And then the last thing that I'm going to do is my shutter. And typically my shutter is... I'm just going to put it at whatever number it needs to be at so that my photo is properly exposed. Um, the only exception to this would be if I know I'm going to shoot like a really fast pace, like running or tons of activity, then I'm going to maybe set my shutter second and then I'm going to go and do my ISO last. So 
I have all of my camera settings all set and ready now. And then I'm going to have my couple or subject, whoever, just stand there and I'm going to get one test shot of them. Um, and this is honestly just to test my settings, but I feel like it just makes them feel like a little more comfortable. Um, just, you know, taking a quick photo of them, changing your settings and being like, okay, let's get into it. Um, so I'll take that one test shot. And then before I start, I tell them, um, this is exactly what I'm going to tell them. Um, like I will tell you exactly what to do. Um, and when in doubt, just smile or laugh and I'll tell you, you know, what to do otherwise. And I'll tell you where to put your hands and everything like that. Um, but it's always going to be a good thing to, um, do whatever feels most natural to you. So that is what I'm going to tell my couple or my subject before we get into the photo taking process, because I find that a lot of times during my sessions, I get asked, what should I do with my face or, um, what should I do with this or whatever? And I just want to let them know right off the bat, like, I'll tell you, like, don't worry, like I got this and you just listen to what I say and it's going to, it's going to go perfect. And I'm, I'm saying this to them because I, I want them to know like what's up. Like I I want them to know what's going on. And I also want them to know that they can trust me with their photos. They can trust that, um, I'm going to make sure that they look good and everything looks, looks like it's in place and it's not awkward. So after I say this, I will typically start with walking just to loosen them up. And, um, this is going to be specifically for couples, but I mean, it would work for other types of photography too. Um, walking to me is it's second nature. Like walking is for me, like if I were in a session, like if someone's taking my photos, walking would feel the most comfortable to me to start with. So that's why I will typically start with walking. Um, and I'll even do a different like types of walking before I just jump right into a bunch of other poses. So, you know, they'll start walking towards me like normal and then I'll have them, um, maybe walk with their arms further apart and kind of like skip towards me. Um, all of that is just to get them to loosen up. And I, if I get great photos out of it, awesome, but I might do walking a little bit later on in the session as well and use those photos instead of the first ones that I took, because usually at the beginning, that's when they're getting all of their weird faces and weird, awkward, like juices out of their system. So after we are done with walking, then I start to put them in different poses. Um, and once they're in a pose, I will walk all around them and get as many variations of that pose as I can. And I think it's important to note that my poses aren't like, they're not like super stiff. Like I put them where they need to be, like standing where they need to be, arms and hands where they need to be. But then I'll try to give them some sort of like prompt where they can like talk to each other or laugh or something that's more interactive to make the photos feel more natural and more candid. Um, So once I do that, I am walking all around them and I'm getting um, landscape photos. I'm getting portraits. I'm switching the orientation. I'm going close up. I'm going far away. I'm coming in the middle. I'm going from the backside of them. I'm literally just all over the place. I'll try different angles. And, um, I want to get as much out of that pose as I can, because once I'm done with that pose, I'm moving on to the next one. Um, and honestly, even in like one pose, you can change the different prompts that you give your couple to completely change the feel of the photo. So if you have your couple like facing each other, 
Um, and let's say you start with like having them kiss or something. Then after that, you can have them both face you and have their temples pressed against each other. And that's a completely different vibe. Maybe you have them even do like a straight face or something. So that's like a different moody vibe too, but they didn't really have to change the pose at all. All you have to do is they just move their faces. Um, and you can also do this with hand placement as well. Just have your couple move their hand placement, but you don't actually have them like get up and move to a different spot or move their orientation at all. It's literally just moving those small little details to add a different feel and a different element to the photo. And it's just, it's an efficient use of the poses. And I call these poses at the beginning of my session, I call them my staple poses. Um, And I call them staple poses really because I do them every session. Um, They're pretty classic, but it's like, everyone wants these poses at engagement sessions. At least I think like if I were getting my engagement photos done, I would want a few staple classic poses. Um, and then I'd want some fun, like creative and different poses. So once I'm done with my staple poses in this specific scenery, I will move on to some creative ideas. And these ideas can be thought of beforehand. It could be just on the fly that you're starting to do these creative poses. Um, or maybe it's like you have a few creative poses that you rotate through every session just to, um, make each session a little bit more unique. So, um, yeah, creative poses are what I do after I make sure that I get all of my staple poses out of the way. Um, then it's more just creatively seeing how the couple interacts with each other and using those interactions as my means of posing. Um, and I do like to try like sitting and laying poses for the creative section of my sessions. And if you want to know my secret for um, my sessions, I'm going to spill the tea. Um, I like to get photos obviously during the pose, but the entire time during a session, I'm just trying to get some sort of authentic reaction out of them. Um, to me, those are the best, um, authentic or candid feeling photos. Obviously they're not truly candid because they showed up for the session. They knew they were getting their photos done. It's not like I'm paparazzi or something, just popping out and taking photos of them. But I'm, I'm just trying to get that vibe from my sessions. So obviously I'm putting people in poses, but my goal is not necessarily to capture the pose, but just to capture their interaction and how, they, I don't know how they look at each other and that sort of relationship that they have. So that's kind of like a good mindset to have going into the session is not focusing so much on the pose that you miss out on the relationship aspect of shooting, of capturing the personality of your subjects. Like that is what's most important to me. And although I do put them in poses, I'm going to just work on telling that story of my clients the best that I can. All right. So at this point in my session, I have exhausted all of my scenery. So as I'm going through my first location, I'm doing, you know, maybe three staple poses at scenery one, and then I'm going to my second backdrop with different scenery and I'm doing a few more classic poses and then maybe one creative pose. And then my last location um, or backdrop that I'm taking them to at this one location is going to be more creative stuff. So once I get through all of that, I probably am going to have three to 
400 photos taken. Um, it might be a little bit less than that. Honestly, it just, it depends on the couple too. Like it depends on how shutter happy I am that day. And if you're over there listening and you heard the number 400 photos and you, that made you stressed and you're, you think I'm crazy. Um, I want to explain myself a little bit cause, um, I definitely am not using all 400 photos. I cull through my photos and I pick and choose the photos that look good. But the reason that I take so many I find is because, because I'm wanting to get those candid and authentic photos. I have to take more because you really never know when it's coming. Like you have no idea when that random smile or random laugh is going to come. Um, and in order to capture that, I am shooting more than usual because I'm shooting not only the poses, but I'm shooting them after the poses too. So that's why the number is so high. Also though, I'm an overshooter. So like, don't judge me. It's just part of my life at this point. Um, so we've wrapped up location one, then I'm going to location two with my couple. Um, that's probably going to be a drive. Um, sometimes it's a walk if I'm shooting like downtown, but for the most part, I am driving at least like five to 30 minutes, depending on their location choices. Um, yeah. And I will say to them like, all right, we're good. Um, if you guys want, you can follow me to the next location, but I sent you the address. Um, and then I let them know, like, there's probably not going to be a place to change there, or maybe there is, if, you know, if you're shooting at a place that has bathrooms, but I'll tell them like, there might not be a place for you to change. So if you're okay changing in the car, when you get there, I just want to warn you. If not, then, um, you can, you're more than welcome to stop at like a gas station or something and change there. So I give my couples that little option and just kind of warn them and like, let them know, like you might need a change in your car. Most people are okay with it, but you know, sometimes, sometimes it's just like, you gotta just make them aware just in case. So, um, once we get to the second location, um, I usually have my second location. Like I know it like the back of my hand typically because it's that second location. And I don't have time to show up 20 minutes early. Um, if you do need to scout a few different areas at your location before, um, your couple gets there, you can do that. Or, um, you can just honestly scout it as they're changing or something. Just like, let them know, like, Hey, I'm going to walk around for like five minutes. I'll meet you back at the parking lot. Um, so those are all options. If you haven't actually been to the location before, um, once we get to that location, I'm going to redo my settings for this new spot and I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to walk with them to the first, um, backdrop and talk with them, ask them questions, like how did you feel during the session? Um, and then, you know, just talk about their personal life. Um, ask them about them and their relationship, whatever, whatever floats your boat and whatever feels like the right thing to do. Honestly, just chat it up with them. Um, so at this point, I'm going to start my session the same way with walking staple poses. Um, and then after that, I go into my creative poses. We will go through the different backdrops and yeah, I mean, it's pretty much the same as the first session, just with a different outfit. And the thing that's nice about a new location and a new outfit is it kind of looks like a completely different couple or a completely different subject. Um, and I think that's the beauty of doing two locations and two outfits is you kind of get two sessions out of it. Like, especially if you're building your portfolio, you're getting two portfolio building opportunities. You can do two posts on Instagram of 
you know, the first, first post is the first location, 10 photos from that. And then your next post is the second location with new outfits. And, um, it's just, I, I think it's awesome. I'm a big fan, which is obviously why I offer it at my sessions. Not everyone takes me up on the two locations and two outfits, but if they do, um, it usually just helps with, um, making the session kind of feel more creative and like they're getting more unique photos. So yeah, that's basically the second location. That's everything that I would do. Like I said, same thing as the first. Um, now at this point, I'm basically finished with the session. Um, but before I completely wrap up and pack up my camera and everything, I'll ask my clients, like, is there anything else that you want photos of or, any, like, do you have any specific shots you wanted or was there anything that I missed that you were really hoping to get? Um, yeah. And this is just part of client experience and having good customer service is just making sure that your client is satisfied with the service that you gave them before you just pack up and leave and assume that everything went well. Um, and you know, sometimes your client has specific requests that they're waiting until the end to ask you for, or maybe you forgot to get a ring shot and they notice and they say like, Oh, I'd actually really like a shot of my ring. And then you can go and actually get that shot instead of like them complaining about it to you after the session. It just, it really helps a lot with client experience, customer service, all of that good stuff. So I'm going to ask them anything else that you would like photos of And then if they say no, um, we're going to walk back to our cars. And as we walk away, I'm going to let them know um, kind of the process of what it looks like after their session. So I let them know how long until they receive their previews. For me, it is about two to three days that they receive their previews. I tell them about how many they get. So, you know, anywhere from like 10 to 15. And um, then I tell them how long until they can expect their photos So my time right now is six to eight weeks. Um, Sometimes in slower seasons, I'll tell them four to eight weeks or three to four weeks, whatever I'm feeling like. Um, But whatever I tell them, I want to make sure that I actually deliver on that time frame or like earlier than that time frame. So I try to be a little bit more strategic about um, how long I'm telling them they have to wait for their photos. Most people are pretty understanding if you have a pretty long wait time, but either way, it's just good to communicate with them and let them know when they can expect their photos. And then after I get in my car, I like, you know, say bye, whatever. Then I usually stop at Tropical Smoothie on my way home. (laughs) And, um, I'm just kidding. I usually don't, but sometimes I will, um, if they're still open. Um, and then when I get home, I personally try not to like dive right into the photos, especially if it's at night and I get back, you know, around like nine o'clock. This is where work-life balance comes in and you want to just make sure that you're not overworking yourself. So if you're able to and like really are feeling motivated, um, sit on down and upload those photos to a hard drive and start culling them. If I'm like not motivated or if Charlie's home and I haven't talked to him all day, I'll just leave that SD card in my camera and go through the photos the next day, like in the morning. And then I will, as I'm culling through the photos, I pick out the previews for them. But um, I try to cull through my photos, honestly, within the first two days of being done with the session, because those photos are fresh on my mind. And I feel like 
if it's the last session I shot, it's usually the one that I'm most excited about. So that's why I'm going to sit down and call them as soon as possible. It's just a habit that I've developed and I found it really, really helpful because once you get into the actual color correction process of editing, all of the photos are already cold and it just, it makes your life so much easier. So that is the entire process of me shooting a session. I honestly don't think I left a single thing out. That's like exactly what I do. And I I would try to explain posing a little bit more, but it's very, very hard to verbally explain it. I actually did a podcast episode with Bailey Dennis already about posing. So if you haven't listened to that, go give that a listen because she dives into her posing process and what it looks like. All right. I hope that you learned something through my process. Maybe there's um, some sort of technique or whatever it is that you can apply to your shooting process and your client experience. Um, That is it, guys. I really just want to say thank you so much for listening. I, like I said, I hope you learned and were able to take something away from this episode and apply it to your photography. But that's always the goal, right? I just always want you guys to have um, practical and tangible tips to go out and do the thing. So I hope everyone has a great rest of their day. Thank you so much for listening. And if you haven't already, I would literally love for you to leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or just go ahead and give me a follow on Spotify if you don't follow me. And it's always good to turn on those post notifications because I upload new episodes. I try to do two every week, guys. So you'll want to be notified when new episodes come out so you don't miss out on any content. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Expose my mind to clarity. Oh, my spirit shudders. Capture the moment, oh, keep my sanity. The wisdom rushing in. So much clearer now. Getting a little bit hard.